Hello, 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 and good day, beautiful, marvelous podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I hope that wherever you are on this planet, you're doing amazing, and I'm sending you all of my love, well wishes, blessings, positive vibes, prayers your way to you, your family, and all your friends. We've got a phenomenal episode of the show for you today. As always, we've got my buddy on, Joe Martino, and we're talking about what happened at the Truckers Freedom Convoy and what's up next. So we don't just discuss this that we discuss what happened in canada the truckers convoy we talk about freedom we talk about uh corruptions can we uh, trust the police the emergencies act the digital id the world and economic forum influence spiritual strength uh the greater good seven generation thinking tartaria the future of canada the battle of good and evil um ways to stop the agenda in its tracks and so much more so we cover a lot in the of uh, just current events in canada and around the world in this podcast but it's you know really a solutions based inquiry into what is going on in canada and around the world and what we can do to solve these problems in a very proactive way so i know you're going to enjoy the episode and if you enjoy it please share it with your friends uh, as far and as wide as you can if you want to support the show go to mattbelair.com and there you can join the membership and you can do so uh, by donation because they have deleted patreon or for free i can send you a link at matt at zenathlete.com um you know, send me an email matt at zenathlete.com i'll send you a free link um to get in there and the best way to support the show as always is to do three kind acts wherever you are in the world today also if you could take a moment to leave a review in itunes that really helps as well so i love reading those reviews um and if for those of you guys who are really looking to respond to what's happening in this world you want to move forward in your life and get clarity on your direction your life path your purpose uh hit me up at matt at zenathlete.com check out the soul compass course the quantum heart hypnosis or the atomic alchemy group or do some one-on-one training with me so we can do mastermind we can do one-on-one and there's courses and everything is really revolves around knowing who you are your authentic self uh, getting clear on where you want to go and then using all of these peak performance mindset esoteric tools for architecting your life from your authentic heart and soul so if that sounds interesting to you and i can support you just hit me up matt at zenathlete.com and let me know how i can support so that's it um let's come into a state of peace and coherence before we dive in oh check me out on telegram as well because censorship's crazy but telegram's the best place to get the information and that's t.me forward slash matt belair okay so let's come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world to stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath And let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, faith, courage, understanding, inner knowing. And get ready to enjoy this amazing episode with Joe Martino. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matthew Belair. As you know, we are currently overcoming massive extreme crazy censorship so if you want to support this show please share episodes as far and as widely as you can become a member at mattbelair.com because they have deleted my patreon as well Uh, but most importantly consider doing three kind acts wherever you are in the world today today's guest is the founder of the pulse and collective evolution as a journalist he brings a balanced and curious perspective to current events tying them into a deeper discussion of personal transformation and societal change He also actively works to create content around how we can transition from our current societal game to one where we can thrive. Welcome to the show, my friend, Joe Martino. 
That's it. That's all. You know, that's a good little bio there. It's um, short. I'm surprised how short it is. You know, people give me like the longest bios ever. And you've, you know, you've done a lot. You're an awesome guy. And I was like, yes, yeah, a nice short one. I don't have to cut off like 40 paragraphs, you know, but, um, you know, well, for those who don't know you, why don't you just give a little intro on yourself, man? Because, uh, you know, I, I've been following your work for a long time. You know, you're one of the OGs in the quote unquote consciousness game, the truth yeah. game, you know, going down all the rabbit holes, you know, looking at the bottom, seeing what's being uncovered and just trying to get the truth out there. So why don't you just tell uh, the newbies who you are? That's it. That's all. Yeah. So to keep <laughs> it simple, I mean, like we we started off in 2009, uh, you know, creating a, a platform, just wanting to talk a lot about, you know, the personal experiences that I was having and like my own, uh, uh, you know, awakening, if you will, like kind of realizing like, hey, you know, not only is the world not quite what I thought it was per se, but also I'm exploring things, relearning who I am, questioning a lot about where, where my ideas came from, how, you know, how I accepted to believe certain things about the world and myself or my own, my ego, my spirituality, whatever it might be. I, I kind of started that journey um, very much at that point, um, going a lot deeper. It actually started a few years prior, but, you know, I wanted to put some of that online. So created collective evolution. And it was, it was like a blog at the time just to talk about this kind of stuff. And, it, you know, it developed into writing about more topics and making documentaries and, and, you know, then it blew up into one of the the, the largest, I guess, at the time, um, alternative platforms out there that was exploring anything from, you know, what we call fringy ideas to consciousness ideas and, and really pushing towards, Hey, what solutions can we find towards, you know, moving the world forward and, and how can we, um, reimagine, how can we have conversations about reimagining what is possible for our society? So we did that for a while. And then of course the whole censorship censorship game uh came into play and you know for us that was primarily because you know we believe that it's important within this work to be able to to be able to show people out there why it is that we need to have conversations about creating a better world and a lot of people are like hey look you know i i don't understand why you want to create a world that's better than what we have today because i don't see anything that's really that wrong with it right and so it's like okay well yeah i mean it's not really about hey is this so wrong is this so this it's like we if we don't know the level of corruption if we don't know the level of control if we don't know the stuff that's going on then it's hard to justify for a lot of people why they should put some of their time and energy into considering that maybe this world isn't going to lead them towards that thriving world that they that they know is possible right so that's why we cover that kind of stuff and uh, and you know after the censorship era we decided to create the pulse um because we had basically been shadow banned virtually everywhere on the internet under collective evolution. So we created the pulse, uh, you know, took a little bit of a different angle on, on how we were going to talk about things. And uh, yeah, it's been, been fantastic ever, ever since that. That's awesome, man. Well, that's a, a short summary and I appreciate that. I remember the collective ev- evolution days and, and the content you were putting out there is great. And I remember you saying like looking at your stats and what happened was those kind of channels sharing the truth were just crushing the stats of any kind of mainstream. And we see that now with the absolutely incredible censorship. And, you know, that's a whole topic I think we should explore on another show sometime because it's it's yeah. so important, you know, the work and the censorship and how people like you and myself have been battling that and 
just trying to find solutions to get the word out there and all the stuff that we learned about before, right? We're looking at microchips in the arms, right? And this yeah. is a, I just recently shared this on TikTok. They haven't figured out who I am on TikTok yet because it's getting out there. <laughs> you know, I'm just getting, I'm not used to seeing all these notifications again because it, everything is just so crazy censor, censored. Um, but it's like this interview uh, with Aaron Russo, who is friends with Rockefeller about this chip that they're going to use. Now it's becoming modern day and they're putting it in the newspapers. And we've seen this coming for a long time. We didn't know yeah. how they were going to do it, but we did know that there were these characters behind the scenes that didn't have the best interests in mankind. Because when you want to create a utopia, free energy, peace for everybody, um, explore the limits of the human body, consciousness, and spirituality. Well, when you have like an enemy on the other side that most people don't want to see. And that's a, there's a, a great book that Alex Sakaris wrote. He has a podcast called Skeptico and it's uh, why evil matters, how science and religion flubbed a big one. And I've been trying to like explain this to people in different ways. And just, you know, one of the ideas is like, well, if you're caveman days, you go out and somebody gets decimated by a lion, right? That's a very frightening thing. If you've never seen a lion before, this big, huge cat come whoop your ass, you tear your body apart, you know? And if you if you pretend that that lion doesn't exist well then people are going to continuously get whooped by that lion but when yeah. you face it and you look at it and you understand it then you can start problem solving ways that that thing is not going to be hunting and killing you and your family you know and that's yeah. kind of a, a pretty basic example of what's going on now people didn't want to see the tyranny and one of the benefits of the trucker convoy and we're going to touch a lot on that because you know there's a lot of theories about what's going on right we but one of the main good things is that I've been telling people Canada was bought and paid for years ago. The only yeah. solution out of this is going to be from the people. It's not going to come from politicians because yeah. we can see how corrupt they are. Recently, they talked about the World Economic Forum. The guy pretended he couldn't hear the question. Right. And, and what I've learned from the law summit and like Luciferianism and Satanism and these guys, they can't answer the question because then they can be held liable. So they just don't answer the question. So that's a bit of a rant, but I'd love for you to kind of speak on some of those topics. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you touched on like the idea of like, we've been talking about a lot of these ideas or at least bringing them up, having people think about them and question them um, for a very long time. And, and this event, as much as, you know, people are like, well, you know, it's kind of over now, or maybe it's not over. Maybe they're repositioning, maybe like who knows what they're doing next, but you know, I've seen more people, um, sort of wake up to the idea that we have to begin questioning. Like we have no choice but to question what mainstream media is saying and what's going on in this situation. And like, I was just on the phone prior to this, um, you know, with a, with a friend of mine who, you know, he's a, he's a businessman. He's, he's older. He's um, for all intents and purposes, like he's very much into, you know, the system of, of what's at hand and, and kind of seeing the world through that light. And, you know, he recently over the last couple of years has really started to expand and, and say, I'm not going to look at mainstream media right now. I'm going to look at different ideas. And, you know, over the course of the last couple of years, he's really started to lose a sense of trust in what government and what um, mainstream media is doing. And he started to explore different ideas. And I was just talking to him and he was just saying, he's like, honestly, this is like the craziest thing I've ever seen happen in Canada. The egregiousness of what government's doing, of what these politicians are doing and how useless their role seems to be when you actually sort of pull back the curtain and see it's like, these people aren't actually doing anything. They're going into the House of Commons and they're debating and questioning each other, but they're not actually debating. They're just making statements. They're not 
there's no question and answer. It's just, hi, I have a question. And then prime minister responds with a talking point. And, you know, people are starting to realize that this is not what it appears to be. And, and, and I know many people have been sort of waving that flag for a while and, 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 that's okay. You know, that sort of planted the seed and primed, but now, you know, tons and tons of people are seeing it. And so, you know, there's many, many things I think that are coming to light right now that are, are going to require. And I, I think this is where, you know, I, I really get passionate about the work that we try and do is that it, it's trying to sort of model. And I, I think, you know, your, your podcast here, I think does this as well. It's it modeling a way of looking at this that doesn't have to be that it's like this crazy, angry extremism that we need to go and get all of our revenge and fight these people back and blah. But it's more like, look, guys, the, the veil is coming down. We need to be able to dis discuss with each other in a way that actually brings us together and allows us to have these conversations in a credible manner, as opposed to, you know, I told, I told you we were all right. And like, you know, you know, it's like, yeah, we can get into the blood drink and all these, but it's like, we need to be able to talk to the average person. Right. And, and so seeing this opportunity right now of this convoy has brought Canadians at least. And of course, other areas of the world have been massively affected by this convoy too. And, and how they're talking about things, but it has brought a lot of people to this conversation that typically uh, would not have been open to it. Uh, and so it's an exciting time to provide, I guess you could say leadership and saying, you know, here's how we can how we can talk about this stuff in a grounded manner and really take advantage of the momentum that's been built right now. I love all that, brother, and I and I totally agree. And so much has has come up because of this convoy. You know, including things like people talking about uh, psyops and controlled opposition, which yeah. I think is reasonable because we when we read. It, uh, saw that leaked email talking about martial law, which is essentially what this is. They're now uh, apparently, and I don't know if it's passed in the Senate today. Have you seen the update on that? If whether it I assume it will, um, but yeah. they're debating it in the Senate to say, you know, uh, is it going to pass for sure? And it, it probably will, and they probably won't give those powers back so you can get seize account and property and all these kinds mm -hmm. of things, which is t frightening. But now so many people are seeing the truth about what government is where does their power come from um one of the things i liked in the law summit was just saying like government doesn't exist it's this you know fictional corporation right of, yeah. of men and women trying to you know impose their will on other men and women and so it's inspired a pursuit of knowledge in law which is super important because when you go down that rabbit hole it's actually a spiritual pursuit and you learn more about the corruption and and deception and satanism and luciferian in that because they are willing to take everything from you not from breaking a law but from an act and statute that's harming nobody but it's actually putting money in their bank account and they know this they even yeah. have their own language with black's law dictionary you think you're speaking english but you're in their jurisdiction speaking another language and so that's how they get your consent in these variety of ways and so you know seeing people rise up and all of those flags and all of those um just families out you know when i was in ottawa three weekends in a row and i'm super pissed that i missed the last weekend i didn't think they were gonna i didn't think that they're gonna be able to shut it down though that quick so i was kind of yeah. recouping it's a lot of time you know it's you know 10 hours of driving um and wanted to be there but they really cleared house and this was three weeks of peace Right. Yeah. This was three weeks of uh, bouncy castles, of partying, of Canadian spirit, of no masks on. You know, most of the people I believe on Twitter and on Facebook who are believing the mainstream news 
Um, I think that's a small percentage now because we watched in real time, the Ottawa police lied. So can we trust our police? They, they blatantly lied about several things about throwing the bike. A guy had a bike and he positioned it. He moved it slightly. He didn't throw it. He did move the bike slightly, but this doesn't interrupt the horse. Why do the horses need to trample through those people? You know, and why do they need to, they said they weren't pointing guns at people. There's several shots of them uh, pointing guts at guns at people. They literally beat, peaceful protesters who are shouting like i i love you and you know from from my perspective i see the some people saying you know love is a thing that wins this and i'm like okay but did that has that ever worked in history there needs to be enough people that um either unite in non-compliance or some sort of um tactic because what what they use as their tyranny there's a quote about this eh? where whereas they kind of lose their power the last thing they have is tyranny so they use more force and yeah, so yeah. we saw unmarked police right they had where did they come from some people speculate it's un which i saw two planes land but i didn't think they were that big it could have been from that but probably not it could have been just canadian forces that unmarked so, so who are the, these people beating the piss out of everybody <laughs> which, which ones because like i know for example like the ones in the green the greenish color there um that often had like they had a black sort of black stripe here that was like didn't have a mark it, is that the one people were referring to i haven't got to look into this un thing yeah but, well i don't i don't know i don't know specifically there but there was a few unmarked but yeah definitely the green ones as well they they didn't have any kind of uh identification and so i've seen I've seen more reports of people coming out and basically, you know, one, one person can't find her sister. I don't know if that's come back yet, picking them up and dropping them off, not, you know, forcing them to sign something or, uh, or, you know, be prosecuted, but the one guy held his ground and they didn't charge him with anything. It's fine. Like, you know, take my truck, whatever. But then he comes back and his vehicle's gone. He doesn't have his keys. So it's like, you know, there are good police out there because I had Chris Vandenboss on and, and I thought about being a police officer because I wanted to serve and protect. This is when I was young. <laughs> and then I fully understood what it was. And and this is what I've been saying to my wife too. I was like, she's a teacher, a beautiful teacher. And, you know, with kindergarten kids, I was like, you're a great teacher, but you're in an awful system right yeah. now. We have this whole agenda being rolled out in our school systems. And this is worldwide. That is so delusional and and satanic and luciferian and confusing and awful um you know they're going to shape these kids in a really confusing way then they've got the attack of tiktok and all these other things that's messing up their minds where they can't find grounded root in who they are and in god the creator and spirituality you know how how are they going to do that if they can't get the basic um things met so i'm going to shut up and let you just kind of comment on whatever you want (laughs) yeah i mean there's so there's so much there i mean like, so first off with the police thing, I, I, you know, I'll say outright, like I haven't looked into this whole, um, you know, the UN accusations and stuff like that. I, I pretty much saw every single type of officer there and was able to identify with, you know, some, some effort where all of them came from. Not every police officer was, was, you know, showcasing their name and badge number. I mean, you would have, in some cases you would have the same uniformed officers standing shoulder to shoulder, some of them with their names covered and some of them with it not covered. Right. So my, my general feeling is that like, and you might know this already, but like police legitimately, they, they do have a concern on a regular basis that, um, you know, they don't, for example, if you're, if you're out there filming with your phone, um, the area where police go park their, their civilian cars to then get into a police car, you know, they'll get pretty upset if you're out there standing because they, they face a legitimate, um, you know, potential threat from people they might've put away at some point. They don't want, you know, to be attacked. Right. So I'm thinking like, if these people have been told all day long, 
these are extremists. These are bad. These are extremists. These are extremists. These are extremists. You know, they might actually believe that and they might have covered their, their, their names and, and tried to hide that. I don't, I really don't know. I'm the, I'm just trying to throw out ideas as to like what I saw there. The, the green like sort of helmeted, like looked very like, holy shit, this is like a legitimate like Gestapo here. <laughs> These, you know, they, they had this dark marking uh, on the shoulder. They were actually the equivalent of RCMP, but from Quebec. So they were, they were like, a very specific group of people that a lot of people could not identify for a long time. That might be the U the UN people, people are talking about. Again, I'd have to see it myself to know, but you know, for the most part, I could identify every New York regional police was there. They had RCMP, they had Ottawa police. They were just, just people were from everywhere. Even Alberta. Um, yeah. And so, so, you know, I, I, I don't really know what to say about like, was there UN per se, but, um, the, you know, the other thing is, is like just addressing like the idea of like the peaceful protest, right? Because this is kind of where, you know, one of the exercises we teach our people a lot in, in the membership is, is this is basically taking like, okay, you don't have to believe or be other people, but can you sit yourself in their perspective? Like if you were to, I'm their perspective. So whether that's a, um, person that's that, that that is just hate filled whether that can you can you somehow try and understand can you sit and like pretend you're them for a second what is going through their head right and so like so when it comes to the peaceful protest nature of it it's like there are some ottawa citizens that absolutely like they were at the very beginning it was just honking all day long i could understand how it felt like terrible to them. And I can understand how, um, you know, for some people who couldn't get access to their businesses, because again, it was like, it's not that the, the whole city of downtown Ottawa was shut down. This is the, obviously, you know, this, you were there. It was like a small area. And then like, there was a lot of pressure to keep areas shut down that didn't need to be shut down. Right. And so, but, but, but still these people, they felt like, Oh, our business is shut down. This can't happen. And that can't happen and blah, blah, blah. But really a lot of this stuff could have happened. Um, so, you know, to some of the people there, some of the noise I can understand would have been annoying. Uh, some of the presence would have been annoying. Like I could get that it would suck for some Ottawa citizens and they what there was some bad interactions. It wasn't a lot. It wasn't common. It was like the odd bad interaction here and there where it was like, yeah, people were hurling insults at each other. Like Ottawa citizens would regularly come down and just like stand in front of truckers and like yell at them and blah, blah, blah. And then some of them would engage and some of them say, no, no, just like, let's move on. Let's move on. Right. So, but this is, this is tension, right? This is, I always say to people who bring this up, like, oh, you know, they, they tortured Ottawa citizens. I say to them, I'm like, look, when has a protest ever done anything? Right. Like uh, taking people and marching down the street doesn't do anything anymore. It hasn't for decades, right? It doesn't, unless you have millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people doing this in a country, it solves nothing. It's like, okay, maybe there's a few other people who think like me and that's about it. People needed to occupy. They needed to disrupt. They needed to do something that was completely unavoidable. They had to do that because that's the only way to get anywhere in our common day and age. And that should be re you know, recognition number one. We live in a world where people are not heard right? People are, you have no power as a citizen. These people can't wait four years to vote for Trudeau. Trudeau keeps saying, well, we live in a democracy. You could vote. Well, first off, 70% of the country didn't vote for you, you fuck, right? That's first of all. <laughs> Second of all, it's like, you know, here's a guy who is saying, go out and vote. It's like, well, our mandates, I don't have four years to wait to vote for somebody else. These mandates need to go right now. 
right? So, so here's a situation where it's like, people had no choice. This is what they had to do. And if, if in a time where you're in such a, a, a dictatorship like situation where you have no voice, what else are you to do, but to disrupt, right? Nobody hurt anybody, right? So if we're talking about peace, did they hurt everybody? No. Did they damage property? No. Did they break any laws? No. Were there traffic infractions? Yes. But did they break any laws? No. This is why at the end of the day, over the course of time, this will probably become something where it's like, there's going to be legal trouble. Like the government may get in trouble for this in a big way. And I say may only because although there's grounds for trouble, they seem to have ultimate power. So they can't be held accountable, but they should be held accountable. Um, so it's like, was it peaceful? I would say vast majority. Yes, absolutely. There was no damage. There was no nothing going on. But yeah, I acknowledge that for some Ottawa citizens, it sucked right? But I'm sorry, what choice did people have? They had no choice, right? Yeah, well, you, you bring up a lot of um, good points. And, and one of them is where the protest was, it was in a very small section, right, right in front of yeah. Parliament and a few streets over. Um, most of Ottawa is sprawled out. And so they, they were mostly unaffected. A lot of the altercations happened when the citizens came down and they were very upset. That's where you kind of got violent and more aggressive because they're watching what's going on the news. On the flip side, you had Ottawa residents that came down and said, wow, (laughs) this is not at all what they're saying. Everybody's happy. Everybody's unmasked. Everybody's dancing, right? Everyone's giving out free food. This is actually really great. And yeah, it would be an inconvenience for sure, but you're also at these, you know, the nation's capital, Um, you know, and, and they're talking about shutting the city down. Well, the protesters would have been happy to have everybody open. We would have supported their businesses. The government shut you down for two years, you know, and I I had uh, spoke to multiple cops the three weekends I was there and almost all of them were, were happy. They were like, we don't know why there's so many police here. This doesn't make any sense. Um, you know, I'd always ask, have you seen any violence? Not one bit of violence so far. It's totally fine. But then I had talked to this one cop and we're, we're kind of chatting and he goes, I said, yeah, you know, uh, well, how do the police feel about this? And, and I was like, you know, I know most police, you know, are good, but some of them give you a bad rap. He goes, yeah, just like the truckers, you know, most truckers are good, but these guys are a small friend. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, well, what inconvenience are they having? He's like, well, they have to shut down businesses. I was like, no, they don't. The government is telling them to shut down and they've yeah. been shut down for two years. You know what I mean? I was like, that doesn't make any sense. So what are you talking about? So, yeah. you know, when you dive in and then, and then you look at what the news is doing in real time. <laughs> Trudeau is calling us racist, misogynist, homophobic, whatever the heck you every literally everything you call someone under the sun. That's what people are, which was untrue, you know, yeah. a, a blatant lie. Then this this protest, because it's not going anywhere um, and it's different than boots on the ground because the trucks disrupt and that's like a new yeah. tactic. So maybe it can be cars and we can kind of learn from this. Um, what can we do strategically to keep this momentum forward? And one of the ideas that I thought makes sense is you just show up at your MP's house because this global agenda has to be implemented at a community level. If you can stop it at a community level with knowing number one, your school board, you need to know every member who is on your school board, educating your kids, because if you have any idea how bad it is, you wouldn't put your kid in public school. It'd rather have no education than massive damaging brainwash education. And this goes for Canada, us, and probably the rest of the world. You have to really pay attention to what's in that school system now, because they've ramped it up. 
um, and then, you know, your MPs and your mayors and all those people, if they're implementing these policies, you need to show up at the, and protest at that level, say, we don't want this. You know, you cannot put this through, you know, you don't speak for us and, and organize on a community level. That might be a solution because we saw the response of the government when people didn't leave. Now, all of a sudden, people are getting beat down. And then we witness Ottawa police chief lie. So we had one step down, I think another one stepped down. Um, and then a lot of the police didn't want to do this. So they had to ship them in from all over Canada to, and so you're getting the worst of the worst because some police are pieces of crap. I went to law and security and I know those people, but some of them are great. Like Chris Vandenboss now with police on guard, there's thousands of officers that, uh, you know, are standing with that. So we need people to kind of understand what's going on. And is there going to be a solution in the government? Because we're seeing when you look at them speak, they're saying nothing. Um, yeah. The judges and courts are corrupt. Everything is corrupt to the core. I had uh, uh, Timothy Paul Madden on and he exposed the corruption of the banks in courts several times, you know, unequivocally. And they didn't do anything because they're on the same team. Government, courts and judges and banks are all on the same team. So where's the solution going to come from? And at least Canada, now we know. We know where we yeah. are because in a in a tyrannical dictatorship you don't get a choice right and yeah. that's what we're heading into so we need to stop wasting our, our time on things that aren't solutions so what do you think of uh, all that yeah i mean it, you know it's, it's a tough one because the way the way we have to look at it is like where are we right now at this moment in time not just from the standpoint of what do our systems and infrastructures look like and and how does change happen or how does it not happen or what have we believed about how change happens that isn't actually true. So you consider all those types of things, but then we also consider like in any country, you know, you're, you're sharing, um, you know, the, the, the space with at least a million people in, in a lot of countries, it's a lot more, right. You know, in this country, it's what 38 uh, or so in change at this point, um, million people. So it's like, you're, you're, you're really looking at like, how do you get something to happen when, there's tons and tons of people that are involved in, uh, in tons of the people that have to agree on something, because look, if, if there's, if I have an idea and, and we're a group of, of a million people who, who believe we're awake in Canada, but you know, 37 million people don't believe we're awake. I mean, is it up to us to enforce our will on them? Right? Like, no, right. It, it's, it's more so like we need to, to, to create a cultural shift. We need to create a conversational shift that helps people come to terms with, you know, the nature of our reality that's based on a, on a sort of evidenced, like very clear, we can understand, we're asking the right questions, we're curious about what the answers are, we're making our way towards that. And so when it comes to solutions, I always think one of the very, very first solutions that, that has to be there with everything is this this being able to have conversations about this kind of stuff in a grounded, meaningful, and not, you know, hard tempered manner that it often becomes because that's how we're going to actually stretch beyond the gaps. Like Martin Luther King was incredible at stretching his message beyond typical gaps. So he could go beyond political gaps. He could go beyond age gaps, color gaps, whatever it was. He was, he was incredible at making people understand his message no matter what. Right. And we saw the success that that had. And although it took a long time then in the infrastructures for the, we, us to see greater levels of equality, um, he, he did something that was meaningful. And so 
you know, step one is culturally being able to have conversations where we can, it's not just like, Hey, I'm saying my message just so other people on the right-hand side can understand me or so that other people who are awake, get me like, how can I actually engage with, with other people in a way that doesn't see them as asleep, but in a way that says, you know, have you thought about these types of things? Have you questioned these types of things? Like, have you been curious about these types of things? Like, how can we talk about this in a meaningful way? And again, this is something we, we focus a lot of our time on is helping people with this and trying to create content that um, allows, like, you know, we, we kind of joke around. It's like, this is, you know, we're creating articles, we're creating videos that you can send to anybody, right? Like you can, you can send this to someone who's quote unquote, uh, just fully asleep and they're not going to feel like it's fringe and weird and like, Oh, well, this is too outside the box. Right. That's something we, we aim to do because we need millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people to be asking these questions. Um, so, you know, that's kind of step one. And, and, and you, you also have sort of near-term solutions and then long-term solutions and, and having the wisdom, and, and at least in my opinion, to say in the near term, we have a dictator in power who's, who has no regard for Canadian citizens, like no regard whatsoever. Um, and, and he also happens to be, or sorry, we also have mandates that are in place, federal mandates that are in place that are extremely damaging to people. So those are both crises, if you will, that have to be addressed today. Like people are suffering today, right? So we can't just say, oh, well, uh, one day we're going to create a better world. This is a near-term crisis that needs to be addressed to help people today. So in the short term, what do we do? And a lot of times in the short term, you have to engage to some extent with the existing systems. So you have to pressure the MPs. You have to provide, like reach out to Senate and be like, look, here's all the information that I've found or that this group has put together that says, this is why this emergency act is illegal. And if you really look at what's happening in the Senate right now, they're saying, hey, uh, I don't see any justification for this emergencies act. And once they pull that, that's part of the near-term crisis. The other part is we got to get rid of these mandates. So what can be done on that level, right? So those are near-term things that, that involves, we could go on all day about the solutions involved there. I hope I touched on a couple of things, but then there's the long-term, which is people who recognize guys, the political system's not going to create all the change for us. You know, the, the new, a new prime minister is not going to fix it. A new, you know, set of MPs is not going to fix it. There are, there are much bigger things that we need to do. And, and when you're creating long-term solutions like this, you need to first accept that it's going to take a little bit. It's not going to happen next year. It's not going to happen the year after. It's, it's going to take time. But we need to, to be fostering, developing, and building those conversations, again, in a meaningful way, and utilizing the current events to help people understand why it's messed up such that they will have an invitation, they'll want to, they have motivation to have these longer term conversations. Because it's in there where we're going to need to lay out meaningful solutions and talk with a lot of people, you know, how are we going to solve this issue or that issue or do this particular thing? Well, the reality is we're probably going to need to create uh, what we might call game B um, examples in different places. We're, we're going to need to show people, here's how we could run certain ideas. And I'm not talking about like a intentional community where everybody's living on one piece of land, but like lots of people aren't going to go for that. So how do we showcase how a small community of people, a thousand people, 5,000 people, whatever it might be, can operate and, and exist simultaneously on a parallel system that, that is meaningful and that shows the people, if you will, on the other side, 
oh, this is how you're operating. Oh, this is interesting. Or this part didn't quite work out so well. How can we adjust this? And, and this is where the engagement is going to come from people because the MO of politicians is I'm protecting my career. I'm trying to advance. I just, I, I'm stuck and I'm, I'm sequestered by a particular system. So it's not going to come from there, but the short-term immediate solutions probably will. Um, but, but so, so I, and, and, and again, this conversation of solutions is, is so vast. It's so in-depth. I'm, I'm just trying to provide a little bit of like thought processes as to how we can strategize on why some issues need to be looked at in one way, other issues in another way, and, and how we're really in this for the long game. And the way to stay in this in the long game, so to, to, to maintain a, a composure, a level of spirit, a level of, of trust and, and, and respect and unity and, and love in the short game and the long game is knowing that we're in it for the long game and we need to keep our energy up. So we need to have, we need to know how to move through our traumas. We need to know how to move through the various pieces of stress that accumulate in our physiology, that accumulate in our body and ultimately negatively affect our state of being, the way we think, the way we socially engage with each other. So we are going to have to stay in this game. So personal work and personal transformation that actually works is a very, very important part of this process as we move through what is inevitably going to continually be a rather chaotic time over the, the course of time. Yeah, man, you brought up a lot of great points. And, and one of them that I realized a while back was this is going to be a marathon, not a sprint, right? It was yeah. like it, when they shut down things as that Blue Mountain Spa, which is really nice. And that, now it's when it clicked. It's like, okay, this is the official start of World War III. Uh, you know, and then it took me two weeks to figure out that they want to jab needles in everybody, you know, and then put us to the digital ID and then the social credit system, which we have teed up in Canada. And, you know, when you're talking about these alternative solutions, I do believe the solutions are going to come from a community level, family to family, community com to community, and then people can choose to participate in that. One of the things I liked from David Lonebear, he would say that uh, church is people, church is community, right? So it doesn't matter which church you go to, it's, it's very uh, community oriented, it's family oriented, you know who your neighbors are. And I always really like that idea because the Mennonites have done it. And my friends yeah. and I have joked is like, well, maybe that was at the last reset. And every, the people who didn't want this new crap system, they went Mennonite and maybe we're going to be the, the future ones because that honestly does not sound bad at all. You know, some of the, you know, clothes and, and certain things, but if I could, if I could have clean food, good community, clean water, uh, strong friggin' furniture <laughs> that will never yeah. break, uh, you know, erect a barn in, in an afternoon with, with my buddies and people who are like-minded, that would be beautiful and this is what this has really set the the fire on because so many people who believed in our government and thought we had a democracy i don't i don't right now think canada has one i think we are in a no. tyrannical dictatorship and we aren't going to get solutions from them so what options does that leave us and the good news is that there is a, a weak link in their armor so if you uh, work for a store and your manager is this tyrant. Well, he says, you know what? You have to implement this tyrannical policy on mm -hmm. these other people. So then you're the one carrying it out. You're the one actually harming people. And Mark Passio has just such a brilliant quote that says, order followers keep the system of slavery in place. And so mm -hmm. as we go after as a community, each and every person in whatever means necessary in a kind and loving and compassionate, but serious and strong way that you cannot 
implement this policy because it is harming our community, our family, our friends, whatever the case is, they're not going to want to do that job. And that's what's yeah. required because from a very basic sense, every business wants to grow. And what's happened is this totalitarian one world government is their corporation, is their business. And I, I, I don't know if this is true. I think I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw an article someone sent to me that the most employed um, people in Canada are for the government. So all small business, rather there's more employees for the government than now small business. And that's what they want. They can basically do 1984, you know? So I was like, that doesn't seem right, but there are a lot of government employees. So people need to um, find the courage to stop doing the things that, that might be harming other people. Um, you know, say no, no matter what to these jabs and all these other different type of lockdowns and things like that. Um, and then, there's also the I, the coming out now, they're releasing the mandates. Okay, whoop-de-doo, because they have the digital ID right there. And if that gets installed, we might have communism and tyranny for uh, one generation if it breaks, two generations, or infinity, because there is the the hidden hand, God's spirit. you know. And that, for me, has been one of the real beautiful things in this last couple of years. I've really connected to you know God in a new and different way, right? It's like saying universe, and I and I and I was like, you know what? Not universe. It's you know that's kind of there's a lot of new age baloney that kind of gets distorted. And honestly, going through the Bible since the Law Summit is just a book of good and evil. I, I read all these other religious books. I love the Eastern philosophies and going through the the Bible and what it, it's just this this story after story about good versus evil and don't fear, um, you know, basically reading it's, I think it says, uh, don't fear 365 times in there. And, and when I played it all out I, in my mind of like the worst case scenario, what if, you know, I am here and there is no spirit, there is no God. And, and then I'm just going to be, you know, in this technocratic enslavement forever. And it's going to be awful. Well, there's a few things that came up. Number one is that I know my heart and soul and my conscience. I'm the only one that can taint that or damage that from my my uh, choices. So it feels like I do have a soul. And there's a quote that says, a coward dies a, a thousand deaths, but a, a brave person only dies once or a courageous mm -hmm. man dies once. And so I know I'm going to pass, but who I am between you know, my first breath and my last breath is still up to me, no matter what I face, that's not up to me, that's up to something bigger. Um, and even if I say that it just actually reaffirms my, my faith in God, my faith in that there is a God that there is spirit there, there is like, uh, something greater, you know, that I am actually a part of, and I much prefer the idea, you know, and this is one of the things I actually liked about flat earth because I avoided that one forever. Cause I avoided aliens forever. Cause my buddies already thought I was crazy. Um, you know what I mean? I was like, I think I was like 19 and then it's going down to aliens. It's like, no, no, no. My buddies already think I'm crazy. I'm not touching that. I don't, I don't want to know anything about that. The flat earth kept coming up. I was like, I'm not touching that. Cause all they're going to do is call me a flat earther. <laughs> so finally I had David Weiss on and started looking into it a little bit and be like, Oh shoot. Like there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that like a lot of deceptions that I learned, whether it's a rectangle or a cube or whatever, you go down that rabbit hole, you know, NASA is full of shit. You, you find so much deception that you didn't know. But one of the ideas that I thought about that I liked is in the Bible, it says you're in a firmament also from the indigenous uh, people that I've learned from and studied with. And in their cultures, they talk about a firmament too, which means you're in an enclosed capsule. This is in a lot of the indigenous cultures. You're in an enclosed capsule. So, 
if it is true that God breathed life into man, I have that in me here now. And that's what created me. And you're in this dome with me and I have the creator within me. That shit is so much more empowering to me than thinking about uh, infinity. Um, you know, the earth is trillions of years old and there's, you know, uh, I'm floating around in outer space and, you know, it just, you know, there's no, you're just a, like a, a dust in the wind or something that, just to me anyway. So just that perspective, it was like um, a more empowering one. And so all the, all of this is just to say that this whole experience, because it's, it's traumatizing. I think what you said about learning how to go through these challenges is so important. It's, it's, you hold it in the body. It's hard to see harm on your fellow man. It's hard to watch your country knowingly fall into communism and know what is happening and try to warn people. That's really challenging. And for me, one of the big solutions is coming back to God, the creator and spirit, my spiritual connection, because that's what gives me faith that this goodness, that this power that's in me is in everybody else too but they might be choosing to ignore it. And that's why I feel like it's selling your soul, right? When you go into, you know, the Luciferian stuff of Hollywood and all that, they talk about selling their soul. That's what it seems to me. It's like this um, selling of your soul. And maybe that's all this realm is, is to do your best to keep your soul and your heart and your spirit clean, to do the right thing in the face of adversity, because then you wouldn't have a free will choice. If you had no challenge, if you had no, um, awful thing in front of you, you, you wouldn't know what you're made of. You wouldn't know what choice you'd make. So we're all learning about who we are and what we're capable of. Yeah. Yeah. Lots, lots to unpack there. I mean, um, trying to think of the sort of the best way to go here. I mean, at the, at the, I think at the end of the day, you know, one of the key things is, is, you know, just having, having people get in touch with, with the present, like, for example, when, when, when our physiology starts to drift from present moment and we engage with our existing world as much as we often do um, and focus on the dramas and focus on the stresses. And, you know, when, when you might be in a situation where you are standing face to face with those police officers and, and you're looking, you're like, man, you know, there's people standing behind me with a Tim Hortons coffee cup, just like, Oh yeah, we're just chilling. And meanwhile, the police have come with these batons and they're ready to beat everybody down. It's like, what is like, what is going on here? Like, I remember getting back to the hotel after one of the, the, the you know, the face-to-faces with police and just feel having this feeling in myself, like, like I've done something wrong. Like, like I somehow as a journalist and as a person who in my heart of hearts believes in the cause of, of what was going on, you know, at that trucker convoy, why do I feel like I did something wrong just because there was police there, right? It, it, it plays in this, 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 unconscious, uh, physiologically driven story that, well, if there was that many police there, I mean, police in our society and our programming equals, they're stopping people who are doing things wrong. So I had this automatic, you know, physical feeling playing out in my body that was like, I'm identifying this when I sit with it as I've done something wrong. And I know I haven't, right? So you, you can see all these layers of different bits of programming that we have, but you know, getting present like that, like orienting yourself to your environment, using your eyes, using your ears, using your, your physical body, using your awareness to sense and feel what is it like to feel the desk I'm at? What is it like to feel the chair I'm in? Like, can I, can I pay attention to that? 
or have like completely dis dissociated and depersonalized myself from my physical body and how I feel things in my environment, how, how I feel when I take in with my eyes, my surroundings, when I hear the subtleties of the air or the, you know, the, the ventilation systems or, you know, the voices that are happening in the distance, can I sit and notice those things and, and sit with it and not have my mind just immediately jump to something else or whatever. These, these exercises, if you will, help us become more in tune with our body, help us bring us back to our body, bring us back to the energy, bring us back to whether it, you become a more aware of your gut instincts, your, your, whether you want to call it a soul, whether you want to call it a, an intuition, whether you want to call it a, a material instinct, right? Because there's different types of intuition, um, some of which are very material and some which are non-material. And when we tune back into that, I, I think it's then where we're operating off of something that I think is what you were referring to in, in a lot of what you were talking about, which is this, this sense of whether you, whether it be God or this sense of something greater, the sense of something that is not just my mental programming, if you will, but it's something that seems to be more true, more empowering, more, um, it, it's like, it, it seems to come from a place that, that says to me, this is where my moral courage comes from. This is where my, my, my love of connection comes from. And I think when we, when we take the time to practice getting back into that state, you know, using portions of our day, even if it's five minutes while we're in the bathroom to feel ourselves, to feel what's going on, to, to, to sense the pressure of our feet on the ground and, and make it an attempt to get back to that. We're going to gain so much in terms of, of level-headedness, of clarity, of, of, you know, repairing our social interaction because you feel differently versus when we are not personalizing ourselves that way and taking the moment to do that when we, we can easily get caught up in our phones and, and what the phone says and what the news says and what this and what that, like it can become very autopilot. And even though we might have a perspective that tells us, um, well, I know my government is lying to me doesn't necessarily mean we're, you know, quote unquote awake. Right. And, and I know it's so silly to, to even use that term in, in a lot of ways because it can be misconstrued and interpreted so differently, but it's like, you know, it is what it is. People use that term. And, and that's the way we understand it. When we speak to each other, it's like, like, it's not that we're all more awake than each other and we're fighting for who's most awake. It's just that it's like to be alive, to be in this moment, to be in tune with our physical bodies, to be human brings about all these potentials that you said at the, you know at the beginning of the show it's like we explore the, the the potential of the human body and of the human spirit and of the human mind you know here klaus schwab is presenting this idea of a fourth industrial revolution which comes along with all of these technological advancements and abilities to you know make livers make kidneys make hearts in labs and then install it into human bodies when things fail yet we also have this this more uh metaphysical or more non-material understanding that the body heals when we remove stress and trauma. And when we, when we start to unlock our, our, our bodies and our mind's ability to believe that that sort of thing is also possible. So here we are going to technology without even making an attempt at mastering the organic potential that we have. Right. And so, so my thing is, it's like that organic potential is, is a, is a huge part of what um, I think we can all benefit from curiously exploring a little bit more um, and how important that is in, in how all of this stuff actually plays together in a more meaningful way. Because when you start to become more calm, 
you emanate something differently to your neighbor who you're trying to have that conversation with about whether you think Trudeau is a dictator or not. And when, when you are emanating that and they're, instead of them feeling like you're a stressed out, you know, potentially high strung individual, right. That electromagnetic field comes out of your body. Instead of that, they're feeling a calm centered individual. They're like, a calm centered individual is asking me whether I feel my prime minister is a dictator, but I'm not getting an indication that there's tension here. Maybe I'll sit and think about this. Right. And not everybody you speak to is going to do that, but a lot of people will like, I don't regularly have negative interactions with people talking about almost anything. Like, you know, (laughs) I don't have that problem with my friends and family. And and I'm not saying that I'm perfect because I've gone through times of deep, 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 deep stress doing this work. Um, but I, I make such an effort to try and practice that and to, to take care of my energy as much as I can. And I notice a different result. So, you know, I, I feel for me, at least in my experience, that the, the, the proof of the power of that uh, has been made clear. Yeah. I love all that. You hippie bastard. It's yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a real world example for me with my aunt because she woke up my mom and my aunt, I've been telling them a lot of this stuff for years and uh, they kind of see it. And my aunt was very stressed out. And so as she would relay the information to other people, it wouldn't land because of this kind of high strung energy to it. And at the same time, that's her processing this whole new worldview of it is not what you think it is. And when you understand how dark it is, it's pretty traumatic. It's, you know, when you start going down these rabbit holes, you think it couldn't be that bad. I remember when I went into the human trafficking, I was like, it can't be that bad. I remember when, you know, I was in my teenage years and I was looking at things, trying to figure out what's going on. I was like, I just always knew something was right. And then I would just learn. And then it clicked one day and I go, Oh my God, they're deliberately trying to kill us. Why, why would they do that? (laughs) Just my brain just exploded, right? I just knew something was wrong. And then I just uncover another thing. And every single thing I uncover about history, it's like, it's always the frigging opposite of what I'm told, you know? And now it's a controversial thing to say. And I'm sure people were going to find this at some point and, you know, give me crap for it. There are only two genders. They've only been two genders forever. Now, all of a sudden there's infinite genders. Where, Where did that come from? So if you think, you know, if you don't know if you're a man or a woman, um, you know, some of the other stuff of how you feel can be a different thing, but you know, women can produce babies and men can, you know, help that make that happen. That's just, that's been biology forever. So now if this continues five years, 10 years, 15 years um, down the road, people won't know if they're men or women, like the most basic biological thing of who you are, how are you going to find any other type of truth? If that's confusing to you, you know, because of this um, information. So then you look at, you know, history, and it looks like we're getting dumber. And I love the Tartaria rabbit hole, which, you know, I think it's a new one for you because all that, uh, um, you know, the parliament down there is just beautiful construction. And, you know, so I was like, okay, I'm going down this one now. Well, you look at, you look at Egypt and all these sacred sites, which I've been to Egypt with scientists, mathematicians, and engineers. None of them know how it was built. They only have theories. Everybody has a theory. Some of them you resonate with more than others, but nobody actually knows. So who the hell built them or how did we build them? Was it humans with, with technology that we had? And then some just uh, took that away. And now you look at Tartaria, all these cathedrals and these amazing buildings and uh, the parliament in Canada. And you look at the official Wikipedia story with the mastery of these cathedrals. It doesn't make any sense. They don't line up. There's a, there's a bunch missing. So 
maybe they're erasing history. And now we look at the education now, it's like idiocracy. People are becoming dumber. And I remember Clifford Mahuti, who's sadly passed. He was one of my friends and he was a Zuni elder and uh, amazing person. He was a civil and environmental engineer. And in one of the podcasts, he told me when he was done engineering school, they changed math. And he goes, basically, they made this next generation a lot dumber. He's like, I had learned the math that works, that makes sense, right? He's like, the next generation that come through, and as I kept working, I get these new graduates. He's like, basically, with each new level of graduate, they would be dumber, where they would give you this nice scheme on a CAD, and it would be all you know, mapped out. And he, then he would look at them. He's like, do you think this is going to work in the real world? And they would all think, yeah, this is going to work. He's like, no, it's not. <laughs> and so he would have to go in and actually make it work in the physical yeah. world where they're in this artificial world. And even with the screens now, it's like people tied into the mainstream news. If they haven't figured out they're lying to them, um, you know, then, then they're going to go down that path until either they're harmed or they figure it out. But more, my dad said something to me when I kept going to Ottawa, he just, he, he, he said he was basically sad or he, he was like gutted. He's something like that. He's like, I'm gutted because I've been telling him for years that the mainstream news is there to force a narrative down your throat. It has nothing to do with the truth. Uh, you know, and so he finally, it clicked. And so as this energy and this awareness keeps going through, more and more of us are going to participate in the solution necessary. And that's all we need. We don't need everybody. I heard the uh, civil, is that the, what it's called? The civil war in the States, the big one when they get Britain, Britain out? Um, I believe so. Okay. Um, the Americans well, let us know. I forget. Was that big one in the war. States? Apparently it was only 3% of them that did not want to be ruled by Britain. Right. And then, so that was yeah. all that was required to get them out. And so we don't need above 50 and we don't even need to worry about convincing these people of anything. They can do whatever they want to do and not harm us. It's kind of like, we're just going to move in the direction we want because the people that I met in Ottawa, I was finally proud to be Canadian again. And then to see <laughs> on the news, yeah. Uh, all of this nonsense about, you know, all this racist, it, you know, and then look at what they're saying in parliament, which I knew was a joke, uh, but all they're just, they're spouting at like a hundred percent lies, just lie after lie, after lie, after lie. And it's really annoying. And that's why I don't focus on it. But now we have more people that are willing to engage in the solution and they understand now, well, like we need to take some action here because this is, um, this is a serious situation and I'm yeah. curious your thoughts on Canada moving forward, because when I look at history and this is one of the things I've studied, I studied how genocides happen and I yeah. never understood how that happened. We are getting that genocidal playbook in Canada and around the world right now. So what's happening yeah. in Canada is going to happen everywhere because they're trying us first because we're infiltrated by the world economic forum pretty deeply um, as said by Klaus Schwab. And you can go look at their website and see all our members. So we know what they have planned for us with this digital ID and the vaccines and all that kind of stuff. Are we going to be able to stop it? Or is this one of those moments where you get on the, on the right side of the Berlin wall? And this is one of the analogies I've been you know, telling my wife and friends. I was like, look, the Berlin wall didn't just happen, right? You had a lot of signs before you were in a bad spot. Then your ass was stuck on, on the wrong side you know, for a, quite a while. You got that consequence because you didn't want to accept reality for what it was. And is that something you think Canadians need to look at? And 
the final thought in this big rant, and I appreciate your patience and the listeners as Joe allows me to talk through all these things, um, is, is this global thing is never going to work because they're never conquering the states. They're starting with the easy guys, Australia, disarmed, uh, New Zealand. I don't know if they're disarmed, but Canada has some guns, um, but not a ton. And then the states, they've got a standing army, even if they have a corrupt government, which they do, and a lot of corrupt politicians – their checks and balances over there are very different than Canada's. And even if they, okay, we're going to bring in this UN police, we're going to bring in China, bring in China yeah. to the, to, uh, you know, and, and, and Biden does all this lunacy, which he's continuously doing all the time. And, and even half the population wants to do it. It doesn't matter because all the people who don't, once you're wearing that uniform and you've declared war on the American people, they're going to end you. There's yeah. no chance of it ever working there. It's just not going to happen, you know? So I have no fear that the States will never be conquered, but the fate of Canada is a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yeah. I have a slightly different perspective on, on the U S only like, I think the U S will be difficult, more difficult to conquer um, because of culture and also because of the way the law is set up there. Um, They have more ways. They have more ways of of pushing back. And because the culture is a little different, there's more people inclined to push, push back. Um, the gun thing is, is interesting because while it seems like, yeah, you know, I, with more people have guns, so the army couldn't descend on them as easily. At the same time, it's like the power of the U.S. Army, if they wanted to eliminate any of these citizens, they'd, they'd do it like that, right? Um, so it's kind of like if there was a war, it probably wouldn't last long. Um, people would get eliminated pretty fast. Um, but you know, w- with all that said, it's like, what's the future of Canada? What are, what's going to happen? What are we going to do? I mean, I, I think we were talking about this just before it was like, you know, never thought about leaving Canada because like, why, why would you, right? It's, it's, it's a, it's a great place to live. Um, you know, for the most part, obviously it, it's, it's like when you look at where other governments are at, when you look at where other countries are at, you're like, until up until recently, up until COVID, it's like, why would I leave Canada? There's not a good, clear reason. And I'm not, I'm not saying that to say that Canada is the best country in the world. It's, it's to say, what would motivate me to pack up all my things and move somewhere else if I'm not like upset with where I'm currently at? So, you know, it's like saying, are things that much different in some countries in Europe? Well, yeah, but do I, do I, do those differences matter to me? Are things that much different in the United States? Well, maybe a little bit, but do those differences matter to me? Not really. Right. And then you have some other countries that are not as say developed, which have benefits, but also cons. So, you know, you're thinking about it. Oh, well, Canada's fine. I, you know, I want to stay here, but then, you know, COVID starts and you look at the way they've handled it and you're like, this is insane. And then you look at the federal mandate saying that unvaccinated people can't get on a plane, train or cruise. And you're like, yeah, this, this is insane. And then you look at the way Trudeau has been acting this whole time and you're going, well, this is really insane. Right. And then <laughs> and it, you keep building this, like, I need to leave Canada. This feeling comes up and it sort of becomes, well, do we really need to leave Canada or is something going to change? Like what, what is the actual, what does it look like? Like it are enough people questioning this. And like, from, from my perspective, like been talking to a lot of people that aren't, you know, into the alternative or independent perspectives all that much. And they're very concerned with the state of Canada right now, right? It is, it's a massive concern around the country. Canada's being blackballed virtually everywhere around the world in the media. They're being made fun of, they're being told that they're in dictators, that it's, it's a tyrannical nation at this point in time. It is not a good look for Canada. It, it looks horrible. And just based on the international relations alone, 
I believe there's an, an immense amount of pressure on Trudeau to figure this out. And it could be that nobody respects Trudeau ever again, right? It could get to that point. Now, of course, Klaus will, but will other people, will other leaders, will other countries? And that's, you know, that's, these, are all, these are all pieces to the puzzle right now that I think are, are, are big here in Canada. Obviously, what's going to happen here in the next, I'm going to say 30 days, is I think going to define a great deal about what type of Canada we're going to see uh, over the next little while. Are people going to kind of just kind of just settle back down and just like, it is what it is. We've been defeated and the government's just going to keep doing what they want to do. Are people going to organize or are conversations going to rise? Are, are there going to be greater movements? Um, I tend to, to feel that more shit's going to happen. More people are going to continue to push back. Um, but, uh, and the, and you know, the Canada is using its force. They're using their, their financial sanctions on their own citizens. They're, they're doing all these different things to try and, you know, basically grasp at straws at this point to maintain control. I don't think it's going to go well. I, my personal feeling is Trudeau's destroyed his career. Uh, Jagmeet Singh's destroyed his career. It, it, they'll never be respected ever again as politicians. And, um, you know, now it's it's up to somebody else to step up and say, hey, we have a, a better vision for Canada, at least again, going back to that short term in that short term, uh, you know, solution point of view. And it's up to them to step up and say, hey, you know, we need to we need to call an election. I know nobody wants an election right now, but it needs to happen. Um, or some pressure has to come down that gets Trudeau to resign in some interim position comes in. I've heard that it's possible that that uh, Christia, Christia Freeland would be the interim, which is equally as terrifying as true. Yeah, if not worse, um, that, that, that girl has no soul. World right. economic forum puppet again, you know, it's just brutal. Exactly. So, you know, for us, we're, we're kind of, you know, it's, it's a going back to the presence being in the body, right. It, it goes back to when we are clear, we're not operating off of stress. Right? Like if you look at the intuition studies, the, where, where you have a, a access to greater intelligence, if you will, the, the more you've sort of not allowed stress to overtake your body, the clearer you're going to think, the clearer you're going to feel, the more you're going to have gut reactions that are meaningful and not based on drama, not based on stress, not based on high tense emotion. And it, so, so going back to that state and saying, okay, what, where do I need to be right now? What, what is it that I want to choose and what I want to be? Like, do I, like, I feel like being in Canada for the next 30 days. Yeah. I'm okay with it. Something could change. <laughs> Something could change. And it's like, okay, it's clear. We now have to get out. Right. Being in Canada for the next year, it, it feels like that's probably what's going to happen, but I'm, I'm so open, right. I'm not rigid in the, in the thinking. I'm not rigid in my decision-making. I, it, it, you know, when I think about it and I think it through, I go, you know, I, I want to, I want to stay here and, and, and sort of push back on this stuff because you're right. It, if it starts here, it's only going to spread right? So, you know, I'm not saying I got to be a martyr and I got to sacrifice myself for everybody else, but it's like, I am connected to a collective and it does matter that people push back. And if I'm not going to push back, who will, right? So it, it, for me, it's, it's about saying, yeah, I'd like to stay here and I'd like to push back on this. And I'd like to use whatever I can, whatever skills I have, whether it's exposing what's happening, you know, uh, helping people move through trauma and stress, whether it's helping people, you know, question things and get back to their curiosity and, and have conversations in a meaningful and grounded and, and, and impactful way. I'll use all these skills I have to help make this happen and, and stay here. And, but I trust that if there comes a point where it's very clear, it's time to leave, then we'll leave. 
Yeah, man. Very well said. It reminds me of this uh, analogy of, of war, you know, and I understand this through martial arts where if you you're in battle, you know, in a fight, you need to stay calm, cool and collected. Right. So you just got punched right in the face and it hurts. You know, you need to still remain calm, cool and collected. You don't get angry. That's how you always know when somebody does not a fight because they're really angry and you're like, bro, you better knock it off. When they yeah. kill you. you know. <laughs> so, right. But then when you see somebody who's really calm, you're like, oh shit, you know, I probably don't want to mess with that person because why, scary. Aren't, why aren't they, why aren't they afraid? Right. Because they train and you think about um you know the samurais back in the day or braveheart you know you if you're going to engage in that type of battle and let's say you know hey like joe are we going to go into a braveheart battle and everyone's like oh crap like canada's about to go to war just like that well if we were going to engage in that type of war with you know those maces and freaking uh swords and bow and arrow to the face the best chance we have of survival is remaining calm, cool, and collected the yeah. entire time as there's horses and all that. That's the only way you would get there. But you would also have this very strong connection with God because you'd be like, I'm going to survive this God willing. That's it. It's a full surrender. And I think that's powerful too. And we're kind of getting fragments of that. And one of the things you're speaking on is removing fear. Because if you are fearful, if you go into that war fearful, if you go into that situation with fear, you're not going to have the same decision making. You're not going to be able to respond to what's happening. And again, in that war scenario, martial arts scenario, it's so quick that you need to respond to each and everything through mm -hmm. mastering yourself. Right. And that's why that's a, a beautiful practice is to, in, in what you're saying is like we need to master ourselves to have our own power. And that's removing fear. And when I'm talking about removing fear, you know, I do a lot of my coaching and a lot of training on that from extreme sports, from martial arts, because danger is real. If you mess up doing a trick, uh, you know, you could go to the hospital, you could break your legs. If you mess up in combat, you can die. These are these are very you can actually die in extreme sports uh, quite easily, too, if, if things go badly. So how do you manage that courage? And in life, right, when we're pursuing our dreams or we're responding to a very challenging situation, it's seeing it for what it is, but allowing your intuition, your connection with God and yourself to make that decision. And for me, in learning to trust myself, learning to listen, learning to see things as they are and being open to the information, the thing that I need to do is always clear. But then when I need to make that choice, it might be quote unquote scary or illogical or with no certainty, but in my heart and my soul, I know I have to do it. And then yeah. I watch God respond and take care of me and give me what I need. And so I think that that perspective for moving forward is, is really, really important. Uh, you know, and the way that this thing could end, one of the things I love about this convoy, even though I know you've seen this and maybe you want to talk about it or not like the controlled op perspective where they, you know, it was about to be hijacked and it was, so we get the emergencies act and all that kind of stuff. Again, it's granted theory, a, a valid theory. Um, it could be, it could be in the States too. Cause they want to, you know, they still got food shortage teed up in their stuff and, and the economic crash teed up to, kind of bugger people up but just like in war and in martial arts you might think something's going to work one way but then you implement it and it doesn't work exactly how you thought so yeah. with all the people there it gave a lot of people hope it gave a got a lot of people off the couch it sparked something worldwide um it got people talking and questioning um it exposed a lot of truth and one of the things i really liked was um, seeing the kids stand up and walk out of school. And that's one of the things that's really bugged me with the parents masking their kids. And, and I was like, why is nobody standing up for the mother effing kids? It's, you know, what the hell? And so now you see kids start standing up for themselves. And one of the things I recognized because I started to uh, speak with a young man who was struggling and, you know, a lot of kids are struggling through this. And um, 
what I realized was that these children are not seeing a mass movement of parents stand up against this nonsense. They're just accepting it. So when you're a kid, you're supposed to listen to your teacher, listen to your mom and dad, you know, not talk back and just obey. And they're like, no, 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 something's off. Right. Everyone's telling me to just accept this. My teachers are telling me to accept it because that's what they're doing in the education. Um, You know, even within the United States, they're already calling January 6th insurrection, like a racist act, right. They're trying to do that in Canada. They're saying it's a whole racist thing. And so they've got this agenda that they're just spewing into these uh, kids. And so, so when the, when the convoy happened, these kids say, Hey, you know what? There are good people. And you listen to them, like what you spoke about, how your energy is centered and you're, you're portraying like something in a way. And then you got these other people on the other side saying in this frantic way, you're a racist, you're this and that. And, you know, you look at the two sides, you're like, you know what, that one doesn't make as much sense. It's not being delivered in a uh, quality way. And you look a bit nuts. And when I put, put the two side by side, one resonates a lot more. It makes more sense. And now I can go verify it just like Canada being a dictatorship. Well, we can verify that through the actions, knowing that uh, Trudeau is one of the uh, Klaus Schwab's global leaders. We can look at all those people. So now we can identify them. And there are so many ways for this agenda to fail there are so many ways to bung up what they want to do and now everybody in canada who's seen this trucker convoy is chatting they know about club i like calling him uncle klaus <laughs> uh, you see that picture you ever see that picture of uh klaus with like his his uh like wearing some sort of white dress and this hat and his butts out you know because they're all like pedophiles and stuff you ever see that girls i don't know if i was gonna ask you if you think that's real i think it is real but you know it gets pretty dark like these people are legit pedophiles i saw something with with the world economic forum wanted to change the age of consent they go you know should we change the age of consent to like 13 or 14 or something like you know these guys are sick and that's what the end goal with a lot of the stuff is the normalization of pedophilia it's all distorted but that's really gross i learned that from human trafficking and learning stuff that i did not want to know and i did not want to accept but over a while the evidence was overwhelming so how do i protect my family from that? How do I ensure for future generations, they're not going to be in slavery or they're not going to be, pred- uh, you know, predated, predated, predated. Victims. That's just going victims. <laughs> you know, they're not going to be victims of something like this. Cause if I imagine it doesn't exist and then uh, somebody becomes a victim, then that's awful. So I can do something like building strong children, create learning and and seeing, okay, this is a problem, but now I focus all my energy and love and care into a solution. And so more people are seeing that now they say, oh, you know what? This is a much bigger problem than we thought. Now we need to go to the solution because if that digital ID now comes in, then we are in a real world of hurt. And so there are so many different ways that this can fall apart where people say enough is enough. Do you know what you're doing? If you accept this, you you know, this, you think you need to be brave now. What will our children or our children's children need to do? There'll only be like one. If you can be like, quote unquote, awake, you know, those who have eyes to see and ears to hear now with this nonsense, we are gaslighted, called racist, lied, you know, basically, I don't know, slandered in all these different ways now. So how hard would that be when they have all this system fully installed? This is a, um, 
a moment for every person to gut check your soul and say, okay, what can I do in my solution in my community? And you don't have to fix all of it. Just being aware of it and using prayer and saying, I'm willing to support the solution. I'm willing to have open and meaningful conversations. I'm willing to, you know, do what I can to master my own body. And that's why, you know, a martial artist or somebody who's really strong and connected, they don't ever need to fight because people don't mess with them. Right. Like, you know, the stronger and, and more capable you are, people know that and you don't need to prove anything to yourself, right? You, you are a strong and capable person. And that's why all these quote unquote uh, conservatives are people who live out of cities. They, they like, they know how to grow food. They know how to survive. They're connected with the land and usually they're connected with God. And in the city, that's where you got more Babylon. That's where you got a little bit more uh, sinful nature because it's, it's, it's like a going to a carnival, but sometimes the carnival is like boobies, right? So then you're like, oh, I'm going to go to a strip club. Then I'm like, oh, I'm going to try that, this alcohol. Oh, I'm going to try out this drug, right? And then all of a sudden, your decision-making isn't as sound as you want it to be. And the people out, you know, a little bit more connected to nature, like, you know what? You can make that choice, but you can't blanket that on me because if you enforce this on me, that in, in the Mennonites, they don't trust the government smart and and they don't trust healthcare smart they knew what was going on and they they you know trust god and so why can't that be allowed but you can another quote that is important is um anything that seeks to restrict or bind by definition is luciferian and all of this energy is trying to restrict and bind everything so i feel like it's a very ambitious and stupid thing to do because these people literally do not have hearts and souls they're willing to do any kind of evil to you so that means they have no idea what the human spirit or the spirit of mankind rather is capable of they have no idea what god is capable of and that's really dumb so i think that they're they're betting on the wrong side yeah yeah there's a there's a there's so many deep areas we could go into with regards to this in terms of like, you know, the, the battle of good and evil, all these different things. I, I think at the end of the day, it's like, at this moment in time, human, humans have a choice, you know, people have a choice as to what it is that, um, what, what they want to do and what they want to support. We're either going to continue to sort of sit back and let life happen to us, or we're going to kind of take a moment to say, uh, do I want to have a, a say, do I want to be empowered? And, and I hope it's not, we think we're empowered because we can vote. I hope we don't, we don't think that way only. I hope we consider that, you know, there's much more empowerment that comes from ourselves as people when we decide to engage in our community in a much more impactful and meaningful way. And I just think we're being called upon with moral courage. Like, do we have the moral courage to stand up and say something and do something at a time where things are, getting very hairy, uh, you know, whether it be in Canada, whether it be throughout the globe, like I don't want us to uh, necessarily forget that, you know, for the last two years, virtually the entire world um, has been spreading a, a narrative about a particular uh, virus and, and the amount of censorship that is uh, completely incomplete. I mean, it's it's just a, it's, we, we have not been given the entirety of, of what to consider when it comes to this virus. I'm not, I'm not trying to sit here and say, oh, well, there, no virus existed at all, or that, you know, the entire thing is a hoax. But it's more so that any healthy civilization would encourage the curiosity and the questioning of many of the things that have happened over the last little while. And does it feel okay to that, you know, we haven't had that, that we haven't had any of that type of conversation. And Yes, where it comes from, most of us know that it comes from, uh, you know, some sort of hidden hand that appears to be 
controlling and shaping and having a lot of power over narratives, whether it's completely global, whether it's a group of people, like it's so complicated to, to, to pull all the evidence together to know for sure exactly what is going on. And as a result of that, we can best help our, our, our fellow citizens by just saying, ask questions, look at these discrepancies, look at these problems. There are people coming out of mainstream media that are blowing the whistle saying, I worked for these institutions and I can tell you that there's problems right now with COVID. They're, they're hiding information. People aren't allowed to report on information. Journalists are being you know, basically said, you're not allowed to talk about this. You're not allowed to write articles about this. You're not allowed to do news about this. Utilize that to our advantage, to use that to say to people, hey, we need to start considering some other perspectives. Something's wrong here. Something's going on. Um, and in my view, those are the ways in. And, and if we're going to be afraid to do that because we don't want to be disliked by people, we don't want to be disliked by our friends, by our family, it's an opportunity for us to have a gut check. Like, what is it that we're so afraid of about how people perceive us? We might all have different stories when it comes to that. And is it worthwhile for us to do some work on that? You know, that's for each of us to decide. For me, I if I'm worried about the way people perceive me, I usually do something about that. I check, what am I so afraid of? Like, where did this story come from? Like, why do I feel this way? Why do I, why am I restricting my expression? Um, and it's not like I'm expressing bad or terrible or hateful ideas. I'm expressing things that I feel really clear about, that I feel really good about, but that I know some people might react harshly to because they disagree with me. Um, and that's not necessarily a, a good reason, if you will, to hold back. And that's where the moral courage comes in and the, the, the courage to, to do our own work um, at the same time. So, you know, that's, those are some of my thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, buddy. Well, I remember, um, so as a martial artist, you know, I was like, think about, is it like, should I ever just whoop someone's ass? Like, when is it appropriate when I lay an ass woman you know what i mean and it, it, it's never happened right so right in nine 99 times out of 100 it's not appropriate but i do imagine scenarios where like like i thought like okay if someone's going down the street let's say and some some guy smacks his girlfriend or his wife hard you know what i mean or, or, or punches her something crazy do i do i go kick his ass and then give him a taste of his own medicine or do i just break it up you know i don't know so it's just it's like one of those scenarios but when I was reading the Bhagavad Gita, it really helped me because there's a, a quote in there and the Bhagavad Gita is similar to the Bible in that story. It's a good and evil story. Um, and so, so in one of the parts that says, um, most people think that violence is when you physically harm someone, but mm -hmm. when you live in the realm of Maya, so illusion and deception and deceit. And in, in the Bible, it says Lucifer's allowed to deceive. Um, and you see, somebody in maya delusion and you don't offer them the truth you have committed violence and that's always stuck with me and some of these things like are hardest like when you're talking about censoring yourself i constantly in the back of my mind consider censoring myself for the man and woman gender thing right i can i because it's so hate-filled on the other side i was like you know it's okay that i believe in two genders it's okay. If yeah. you can ex give me good evidence and explain to me why there's infinite genders now. And I, I had my cousin try, um, you know, to explain it to me, it was complete nonsense. It made no sense. And I was like, well, I, I can identify, you know, from what she says, like, I can believe that I'm, I'm, I can believe let him a woman and dress like a woman and even change it, but I'll never be able to give birth. So biologically I'm not, I, I can never be, I was born a man. I am a man. 
You know what yeah. I mean? And I can believe and where all the things are like, what happened to like, you know, isn't it okay to be a more effeminate boys are supposed to be rough housing and this and that blah, blah, blah. Right. Well, boys could be effeminate and that's just it. They like different things and, and more traditionally feminine roles that doesn't make them a woman. It doesn't make them yeah. gay either. You know what I mean? And so, um, you know, we get into all this thing that just creates a lot of confusion with the kids. And, and one of, you know, if you want to say something, go ahead. I'll, I'll remember what I was, I was just going to say, like, I feel like that, that whole discussion, cause I have talked about this a lot with people and, um, a lot of it comes down to like words, right? Like there's, there's so many new words. There's so many, um, distortions of words that are happening, like, like gender versus biological sex. Like, you know, when you say biological sex, there's only two, I go, yeah, I mean, there's only two, but then now the way people discuss it is they say, well, no, gender is different. It's not necessarily biological. Gender is more of this other. So it's like, we're all on different pages too, about what words mean. And that's what also makes it really, really complicated because like, I agree with you when it comes to biological sex, yeah, two different people are, there's, there's, there's two, you have a man or a woman, right? And then there might be some very, very, very rare specific cases where somebody, you know, kind of has both things going on and it's like, okay, that's like super rare, right? Um, and it's not to say they don't exist. It's just, it's not a massive societal issue that we have to discuss because it's happening so often. Um, but, you know, now with this, all this, with gender stuff, for me, what's complicated is like, look, if somebody wants to go ahead and, and today they feel like, you know what, I, I don't know if I'm a, if I'm, if I, if I feel like I'm a male or if I feel like I'm like, again, it is, it, it does get very complicated, right. In the wording, but it's like, okay, as long as you don't then say that anybody who is confused or misgenders you or mislabels you is not a, a terrible person because they look at you and they go, you look like a biological female. And, and if I say, Oh, Hey, no, I, I was just going to let her go first. And then they fucking rip you apart because it's like, I'm actually a, he, it's like, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't know. Well, that's an act of violence. Like that's where it starts to get really complicated is like, it feels like people are so hypersensitive to this stuff, not recognizing that it's like a lot of the, 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 the different issues that are, that are happening in the LGBTQ space and, and all that stuff sometimes are, are so charged and they're so hypersensitive to any form of questioning because people don't understand it fully. And in order to understand stuff, you have to ask questions, right? So you have to, Hey, what is that exactly? Or what do you mean? Or I didn't, uh, you know, but it's like people lose their mind when people ask questions. Right. And, and this, this culture of hypersensitivity towards almost everything, whether it be, you know, gender issues, whether it be racial issues, like we throw around the, the racist word, like liberally now, like, it's like someone doesn't even have to be racist and they're racist. You know, that's a, that's a really, really difficult culture to live in because now it's like, you're like, wait a minute. All I asked you was like, do the black pants look better on me or the white pants? And now all of a sudden I'm fucking racist. Like this is, this is real, like what's happening. Right. And I, I just think to, to, to see what happened in this convoy where an entire movement was labeled racist shows that our culture has uh, very little disregard for the meaning of words and extremely high hypersensitivity to things that are happening. And that's never a recipe for uh, meaningful dialogue and meaningful progression of ideas. Because yeah, I do think there are racial issues and I do think there are inequality issues. And I do think, but if we're not going to talk about them in a meaningful way, we can't solve anything. If we can't identify a problem clearly, how are you going to solve it? You can't, right? So we need to be able to identify a problem clearly. And a lot of that is being able to clearly define it, clearly talk about it, clearly figure out what the issue is and not just say, 
everyone and, and everything is racist and therefore it all needs to change. It's like, great, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? So it's a very, very sensitive time, um, which is, which is uh, you know, unfortunate, but it also, it, it pulls out, it forces us to have to have these conversations that indicate the complexity, that indicate the many layers, and that indicate the, the what is the state of being of, of somebody if they're this hypersensitive? What, what, what's going on if we're this hypersensitive, if we can lose our minds on a dime over nothing? What, what is going on in us, right? So there's, there's value in, in this situation as well. Yeah, I think you articulated that very well. And that's one of the main things you're going on, you know, you kind of characterize as the left. Well, I, I would say on the political spectrum or whatever people would, would share it as, is like, I would say I was super left. I want, I want equality and opportunity for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, however, when that gets hijacked and, and, and changed into something else, then now we're, we're facing a different issue. And that's how this like Satanism and Luciferianism is able to kind of corrupt and deceive and manipulate and even the wording that's what they do in law and these other things they they begin to corrupt and disease deceive the wording and things so it creates confusion and that confusion creates anger because Mm -hmm. these people are less connected with what is true right and because there is you know one of the things in this new age community people talk about and i see the defense and when i was actually talking to a buddy you start to see these propaganda things come out he goes oh your truth is uh you know, not the ultimate truth. I was like, no, it's just my perspective. But like, I can confirm that like Klaus Schwab did write a book and these are some of the writings in the book and you can go confirm that. So yes, it is true that he wrote a book and it is true that this is where it's going because they wrote it down. You're choosing ignorance, ignore ants. You're not looking at what's going on and so when people get in confusion just with, with any of these issues then they start going crazy and attacking other people they're not being kind they're not being compassionate they're not being considerate right and so then you know something is off that the quality of their information or truth isn't it probably isn't as good because if you sit down and explain something to me in a meaningful way without shouting at me, I will apologize and I'll say, thank you for helping me understand that, you know, and I'll choose, you know, respect. But when they're creating these things through education, media, and all the various tactics, it's something that really bothers me because I know they're architecting harm on purpose. And we do have a, you know, pedophilia, human trafficking. Justin Trudeau's friggin' two buddies are in jail for pedophilia. You know, like these guys actually are that. It's it's so sick and horrible what it is. You know, at the root of it and what they want to do to our kids. It just really makes me freaking livid. Um, so as far as the solutions, you know, and I'll kind of close it up here if you want to, you know, add anything else because we'll probably chat all day. But when I think about the solutions, I think it's get right with God. Whatever that is for you, figure out who and what God is to you and find that and connect to that because that's what's going to guide you through through everything. In my view, um, then we need to figure out what we're going to do about this media. So whether we need to make it, you know, so people aren't pumped, if we could just shut off the media, that would be phenomenal and only find and and promote and support people are telling the truth. That's why it's being um, suppressed, right? It's been incredibly challenging for me the last two years. They've shut off basically all my ways to get the information out. And for me to be able to support my daughter and my family uh, has been very hard because, you know, from from getting, you know, 150,000 downloads down to like in a one month, right down to like 28,000, right? You know, and then censored again and then deleted and then deleted and deleted. It's a little bit disheartening, but I know in my heart and my soul, 
It's something that I can do to contribute. And if I can find something better to contribute, then I'm going to do that. That's why I did the law summit that came up and, you know, help people figure out. And then I figure out more deception from the courts and just, just deception after deception. So when I uncover those and I'm like, all right, well, what's the solution? How do we find the solution? You just keep going. And then education, you know, those are the three yeah. keys for me. And if we can do that, you know, as, as an individual, and as a family and as a community, and you can't make a choice for anyone else is empowering yourself. But for me, you know, it's going to be God that's going to be guiding me through all of this and myself and my own soul. And then if I think tactically, the media to share the truth. So people, you know, and, and to kindly and compassionately tell and offer the truth when someone's in deception, and then just letting people know the dangers of education and what can happen in a very short time, you know, they're, they're making very confused uh, slave children. That's what they want. Wearing masks, muzzled. One one kid, his parent was saying that he's supposed to look down, uh, forcing transgender stuff like crazy to the kindergarten kids. And even if you know you're on that side of the thing, right? I, I don't bring in a stripper, you know, <laughs> to a kindergarten class, right? It's not that time for that. Being a kid is confusing enough, right? You know what I mean? You need to be able to be a little bit older. Um, you know, in Canada, you can do gender blockers. Um, I think at like 12 and 14 and not tell your parents, right? You can't get a tattoo. You can't sign off without a tattoo, but you can change your gender forever at 12 and 14. You can't, you don't have the capacity to make that decision at that time. And if you say that now they're even putting dads in jail. So this is, this is uh, very, very bad. And this has never happened before. It's not like that happened in the 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s because they were hating on certain people. It's because it wasn't architected yet. They weren't ready to throw that out. And that's a very dangerous thing because we're going to lose a lot of kids that way to suicide and mental illness and uh, all kinds of awful stuff. So that's kind of my yeah, there needs to be a there needs to be a deep discussion on this, like a deep, open, honest, transparent discussion on this transgender issue when it comes to age and, and all this stuff, because, you know, there's there's so we don't understand it entirely. Right. And, and I'm, I'm not saying this from the standpoint of, you know, somebody needs to come in and regulate what's happening and there needs to be oversight control. It's like we need to be able to sit down and have an open, honest conversation about the potential dangers, because as we understand it up to this point, you're right, kids don't have the capacity to make these decisions at these ages. And the potential downsides are that we're going to be creating a more, if, if, if someone is 13, 14, makes a decision without the capacity to do so, changes their mind at 17, 18, and you know, things are not quite okay, you're now increasing this mental health crisis uh, that is going to continue to spread throughout the country. And when you have a growing a, a number of people having these types of issues, it's not good for anybody. Like nobody benefits from this. So even though there may be some rare cases, perhaps where people, um, you know, are making the right decisions at the right times, it's like, there's a much larger issue that needs to be discussed openly, honestly, and transparently. I, I don't think we should just, well, everyone's allowed to make their own choice and let's just shut up and let's just, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, let's just not talk about it because it's too offensive. It's like, we got to talk about it, right? Because from what we understand psychologically and medically, like this is not the right time, as you pointed out, it's not the right time for us to be, uh, you know, allowing this to happen per se. But, you know, again, just us talking about this, people are going to be, oh, you're transphobic and you're this. And it's like, it, it's really not. I have friends that have, have done this, have gone through with this. Um, it's more so I, I also saw that there was a lot of mental illness issues prior and there's a lot of mental illness issues now. And I'm not sure if it was the right decision for that person, for the, per the person I'm talking about right now. It's just unclear to me because 
for some people, this is part of that story, right? For other people, they might know 100% and that's beautiful. Let them do their thing. I, I just, I, I think we're overlooking a lot of details with this and it, it is complicated. And I just, I think there needs to be a discussion, but um, in terms of like solutions overall, like I said, I think I hit them, hit them before, but I'll just summarize them real quick. We got to learn to have conversation in a meaningful way. Um, we got to, we got to have the moral courage to do so and, and, and understand the best ways to actually reach across the gaps. How do we reach across political gaps? How do we reach, reach across uh, generational gaps? Um, how do we speak to anybody about meaningful things in a, in, in, a, in a way that's impactful and that is respectful? These are all important things to develop and, and understand. And, you know, again, we, we do a lot of this stuff with, with our work and, uh, you know, trying to help people have better conversations and, and do so in a meaningful way. Um, and then understanding that some things are near-term solutions that we need that might involve using some of the existing infrastructures and some are long-term that are going to be about creating parallel systems that are going to be about having new conversations. But we can't get caught up in obsessing over just the near term and, and, and blinding ourselves to the longer term solutions that need to be there. Otherwise we don't, um, we, we, we don't like encapsulate the near term solutions with the knowledge and wisdom of what needs to be long-term and what needs to think outside the box. Right. So I, I personally split my time about 50, 50. I'm focusing on helping people question things, near-term solutions, um, you know, and then 50% of my time long-term. How do we look at parallel systems, build parallel systems, increase the conversation around that, um, increase the embodiment of that, right? There's, so that's just kind of how I do it, but, you know, things change and they evolve and they adjust as we learn more and nothing's perfect. So as long as you're open to keep updating your ideas and, and not getting stuck, then that's it. That's all. Yeah. I love it, man. You, you had a lot of great points there and that's it. You know, it, I like the formula for truth. I talk about a lot where it's just that, you know, people have their own perspective and truth evolves, right. And you just are yeah. open fully to somebody's other perspective. And so when someone's shouting at you and name calling and they just write you off, that's one of the tactics, right. Cause they want to, they, they're trying to create communism. They're trying to create this technocratic, they need this divide and they're using you by being violent. And so if you're the one yelling, shouting and screaming and you're all upset, you're probably not grounded in truth right you know you saw the the candor of the people that were even getting beaten they stood there peacefully for three weeks yeah. even with the police they tried to incite the truckers over and over it just exposed who they were so you know this this energy of freedom um is is strong you know it, it sparked that and it's sparking new conversations and it's you know showing unfortunately there is a side and maybe some of those sides you need to kind of protect yourself when somebody's trying to harm you. And that's what's going on. They're harming whole entire countries. They've been harming people for two years by shutting down business, increase uh, massive increase in opioid deaths in Canada and around the world, mass increase in suicides, um, liberties taken away, businesses shattered. So, you know, this has got to stop and that's because there is a truth, right? And we need to be open to finding that. And while we do, we need to be open-minded to someone else's suffering, someone else's perspective, some at the, someone else's point of view. And if you're not trying to, you know, you're free to do anything that you want. If you're not harming me, I don't mind. Um, but I, if I don't want to participate in that, I need the freedom to participate in my own way, even if it is a mistake to make my own mistakes, because that's how I learn. And that's how I grow. And that's how I navigate this reality. And you should have the freedom too. And I'm not going to enforce my views on you and you, you, you can disagree and you can vehemently disagree, right? And maybe sometime I'll come around and I'll agree with you and realize that I was incorrect and that's because we're open to both sides it's not you don't shut it down 
you know, you're like, okay, explain this to me. Where are you coming from? Right. Does that make sense? And that's why with this whole entire narrative, you and I have known the truth since the beginning, because we look at both sides and we have them explain it. Well, when, when one explanation doesn't cut it, or doesn't make sense, or you can see it's clearly manipulated. The truth is self-evident. Right. And so, um, yeah, so we could chat all day, but I'll let you go. Uh, thanks for this, buddy. Is there anything else that um, you want to say that you wish we had talked about um, that you want to leave the listeners with? Where do they find you? And thanks for coming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <thanks for> coming. <laughs> um, yeah I mean, we, we, we hit a lot there. There was a lot of different things. I mean, I would say that, um, you know, at the end of the day, what's going to emerge from this convoy stuff, you know, just keep an eye on it, keep an eye on different people's accounts, different uh, Instagram accounts, websites, you know, YouTube channels, whatever you like. Um, I, I think movement is still going to come. Um, I, I don't know what that's going to look like entirely. And, and we're actively in, engaged with a number of different, you know, not the organizers that are in jail right now, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, people that everybody there, there was, there was no, organizers if you will everybody there was an individual there on their own accord that choosing to be there they they weren't following each other's lead it was it was group decisions it was you know but anyway we're we're engaged with with people there um quite a bit and and trying to see you know what's going on and um yeah you can keep up with our work on the pulse uh the pulse dot one is our website we also have you know youtube you can find us on the pulse uh uh the pulse underscore one is pretty much all of our social media um, you know, we, 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 we keep, we keep things real. We keep things going. Um, and we, we like to, we like to joke that we're the, uh, we're the, we're the independent media that you can easily send to your friends and family. <laughs> you know, like that. No one's going to think you're a nut by sending them uh, our stuff. That's kind of how we try to try to position it. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And, uh, thanks for having me on. It was a lot of, a lot of good stuff to talk about there. And, yeah, you got to come down and see the alpacas. Had to circle it back to that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you don't know, Joe has alpacas and my daughter has met them. They're hilarious. As I was just thinking, you're like the one-two punch. You're like the jab, right? And then I come in with, you know, the right hand and just knock them out. Here's a nice sampling of what's going on. I'm like, yeah, also Luciferian Satanism pedophilia. So yeah. sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's right? all stuff, you know, that's all stuff we, we, we used to talk about and still talk about a little bit, but where, you know, we're just, we just kind of repositioned and said, okay, for right now, what can we talk about? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's, well, you need, yeah, you need the steps. And then we've seen that before yeah. with a lot of people, right? They, they need that, that baby step of information to then yeah. get to the next step and get to the next step, right? You don't want to kind of club them. And I, it's the pursuit of truth. It's just, when you do that, you keep uncovering new rabbit holes of, of deception that are, that are pretty big. And, and, and some of them, you know, you're like, you're, they're deep held beliefs, right? And so as long as you're open to having a, a conversation, I think um, you're going to be fine. And I know we're going to win this because truth out, like they've been trying to step out the truth for two years and they haven't been able to do it, right? Yeah. They're not going to be able to do it. So if we can remove fear, get right with God, uh, do our little piece, you know, with mastering our own selves and what we want to do, that's what we're going to connect with. Cause if it all goes to crap, we're still going to have that community and even worst case scenario, worst of the worst of the worst, you know, communism comes and we die. Well, a coward dies a thousand deaths with brave person, a courageous person only dies once. And the moment we took our first breath, <laughs> it's getting late. 
our first breath, um, you know, we were doomed to take our last, right? And so it's those moments in between who define who we are and we get that choice. So, um, yeah. you know, even if it was terrible, not no none of the beautiful moments of my life would have been diminished. If anything, I should appreciate them more and appreciate the moments that I have and the days that I have and the time that I have while I have it even more, even if it were a more depressing scenario. But I do believe that there is a God and a creator and a source and a spirit and a soul within all of us. And uh, we just need to learn how to connect with that. And it'll help you remove fear and navigate this this place because it is a scary place to be in um, but it can also be empowering and i feel like we're here to help there's a lot of ways we can support and help you know creation humanity and i love the native americans with seven generation thinking you know once you mm -hmm. get out of your head and how can i you know help my community how can i be a good part of this world what, what's the thing that i can offer what's my gift who am i you know where am i being led to uh it makes for a meaningful fulfilling and beautiful existence and and there's never been a more important time to be here to see all of this challenge and chaos and darkness to say you know what i'm going to stand up for whatever the solution is uh freedom you know freedom is, is a beautiful thing and and so something all we can usually get on board most people are down with freedom <laughs> well according to the washington post uh wanting freedom is uh is equivalent to white supremacy oh yeah was that legit i remember seeing that yeah. it's, it, i haven't verified so it myself I haven't verified it myself, but it seemed I'm to be. I'm pretty sure I saw thing. that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah, there's a few of them coming. It's like full on 1984. It just, yeah. it is like the Ministry of Truth, 1984. It's just crazy, man. So yeah, we're going to get through this. You can't snuff out the truth. It's just so absurd. And the people who get caught in that deception, they get caught in that deception. And, and the, the more we can be that embodiment of like, oh, you need to do this while well, I'm strong and I'm centered and I'm kind and I'm put together and I have it. So they're going to want that, right? It's like, why are you all those things? this is why, you know, and then they see, see that opportunity. So um, great work, buddy. Been doing good work for a long time. Appreciate you getting your butt down to Ottawa, um, you know, being there. So, you know, unfortunately we couldn't meet up while we were down there. It was a bit, uh, it's big, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of shit going on. So yeah, it's, pretty, um, it's, it's hectic, but in a meaningful way, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. Well, keep up the good work and uh, thanks everybody for watching. Anything else you want to say? You should social media, all that. No, likewise. And yeah, I mean, you can, you can check us out, uh, you know, just, search for the pulse you'll see it you know a nice little black logo with the white writing that's it that's oh, all oh yeah all right, you know? all right. But i appreciate you having me on and uh, everything that you're doing as well oh, thanks brother okay guys we'll see you in the next one peace there it is, ladies and gentlemen, the absolutely spectacular Joe Martino. I hope that you enjoyed that episode, that it got your brain thinking about solutions and what we can do to respond to our individual situations and uh, overcome this and get out of fear and into solutions-based thinking. Uh, I appreciate Joe and all his work. He does some great work, so definitely follow him. Keep up with the news. If you like this show please share it uh, on your socials wherever you can leave a review on itunes consider becoming a member at mattbelair.com and uh, you can contribute you know a few bucks a month if you want because patreon's deleted but you can also become a member for free and you'll see some options on there so i uh, would love to have you inside the membership for those of you guys who want to work one-on-one -on -one with me or you want to check out some of the training whether it's the soul compass or zen athlete or the quantum heart hypnosis or the mastermind i'd love to hear about you and how i can support you whether it's overcoming 
having limiting beliefs, getting very clear on your future and designing and architecting a future from your highest, most authentic being, your heart and soul, uh, let me know. Would love to hear from you and support you on your journey. Um, also, the quantum heart hypnosis can be very powerful for that because there's audios for you know knowing and connecting with your life purpose, uh, architecting that through visualization, overcoming self-sabotage and limiting beliefs, upgrading your self-worth, and all of these common character uh, challenges that many people have, whether it's self-worth or self-doubt or uh, you know there's an abundance one and all kinds of uh, audios there that you can use to integrate this training because it's really like going to the gym. You need a simple way to integrate this type of uh, prayer or manifestation or whatever you want to call it, visualization. It does work, but it does require your consistently consistency just like the gym if you only go to the gym uh, once a week you're probably not going to get a great result but if you make it a part of your daily life you're going to get a phenomenal life-changing result so that's it um let's come into a state of peace and coherence wherever you are in the world just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with joy peace contentment courage faith curiosity wonder excitement and get ready to enjoy the rest of your day so thank you so much for listening and we'll see you in the next episode